the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, His grace, His mercy, and His peace. Heavenly Father, for all who will preach all over the world during this week, and for all who will hear many, many, two and a half billion of them Christian, many perhaps coming out of social custom or family tradition. But I pray that your Holy Spirit during the course of this week, the Monday, Thursdays, and the Good Fridays, and the Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday, may your Spirit wreak havoc upon this world in the lives of your children and in the lives of those who know you not yet, but whom the Spirit desires to come to faith in you. And when all is said and done, Lord, may we say to God be the glory for what he has done for 10,000 reasons. To God be the glory for what he has done. I want to preach on the epistle for this Sunday. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Your attitude, your basic outlook on life should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who being in very nature God. In other words, he had all of the qualities that make God specifically God. Although he was in very nature God, he did not consider this equality with God something to be grasped, something that he could not give up for a good cause. He made himself nothing, He took on him the form of a servant. He was made in a likeness as man. He takes on himself form of a servant. He is equal with God. And yet when the Apostle Paul describes him in this portion of Philippians, he calls him servant. And he describes that part of that servanthood was being found in fashion as a man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself a second time, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. 1,500 years earlier, book of Deuteronomy, chapter 21, verse 23, cursed is every man who hangs upon a tree. He died on a cross. And because God has done this through his Son, God has exalted him to the highest place, gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of the angels in heaven, of people on earth, and the demons under this earth. And every tongue ultimately confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. When we are young, we have one purpose on this earth, to make a name for ourselves. Six, seven, eight years of age, you want to make a name 
for ourselves. When we're 16, 17, 18 years of age, we have one purpose. Make a name for ourselves. Some, most, never outgrow it. 28, 38, 48, 58, they're still uh, wanting to make a name uh, for themselves. We want our name on everyone's lips. Theologians believe there were 30,000 people on that first Palm Sunday. And they had one person's name on their lips. That was Jesus. We want the same thing. We want to pass by a group of people and we want to hear them say as we pass by, what a great athlete he is. What a great scholar she is. Do you realize she ranked number one in a class of a thousand? Do you realize she's gotten a full scholarship to Northwestern School of Business? We want our name on everyone's lips. Oh, how handsome he is, how pretty she is, how gifted, how talented, how nice we are, how generous we are, how talented. We love to hear our name on everyone's lips. And then we have the one dying on the cross. And he baffles us, he perplexes us, he causes us to marvel. You have a service reading of the gospel and you come to understand one thing very, very quickly. He did not have this obsession of ours. It was downright astonishing how often he seemed to be embarrassed when his name was on someone's lips. Satan comes to him at the start of his ministry, do you remember? And he says to Jesus... I want your name on everyone's lips. I care about you, Jesus. I want your name on everyone's lips. Here's how we're going to do it. Turn those stone into bread. Your name going to be on everyone's lips. No. Well, if you don't want to do that, why don't you jump off the temple? Angels will protect you. Your name will be on everyone's lips. No. Bow down and worship me. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And when you have all the kingdoms of the world, your name will be on everyone's lips. And Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. During the early days of his ministry, when he was making such an impact on this world, with the wisdom of his words and the power of his preaching and the awesomeness of his miracles, he deliberately asked the people, not to say anything about what he's done. Heals a demon-possessed man. Keep your mouth quiet. One miracle after another with this appellation. Tell no man what has happened to you. One day in the wilderness he feeds 5,000 men, 10,000 counting women and children. One gospel account says that when he did this miracle... The people crowded him and with force, in the Greek, with force, they wanted to make him an earthly king. Jesus felt the presence of Satan on the mountainside and he shuddered. And the Bible says immediately he sent his disciples away, lest they get caught up in this hysteria. Sends them away, get in the boats, go across the Sea of Galilee. And the crowd he disperses as quickly as he can. 
He's a name above all names. But he did not want his name applauded. The last evening of his life, that very afternoon, the disciples gathered together, had gotten into a huge argument. (laughs) When he sets up his earthly kingdom, uh, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Who's going to be the president? Who's going to be the vice president? The mothers even got involved. We think our boys should be right up there. The day in which he, the night before he betrayed, after three years with this man, they want their names on everyone's lips. And that evening after he gives the Holy Sacrament, told you this three weeks ago, after he gives the Holy Sacrament, after he has said, take heed, this is my body, it will be sacrificed for you. And then he takes... The wine, he said, take drink, this is my blood, it'll be sacrificed for you. Did they hear a word of what he said? I don't think so. (laughs) He's just talked about his blood and his body. And one of the gospel accounts says immediately thereafter, they continue their argument of the afternoon. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? They're so caught up in it that they do not follow the custom of the Passover. Their feet are supposed to be washed by a house servant. There are no house servants. So someone has to wash someone else's feet. And no one's going to touch that one. Except the one. John 13 verse 3. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands... And that he had come from God and was going back to God. He rose up from the supper table. He laid aside his garments. He girded himself with a towel. And he did what? He washed the disciples' feet. What does it say in Philippians? He didn't think equality with God is something to be grasped. He emptied himself, took on him the form of a what? Of a house servant. And he washes the disciples' feet. The name above all names. What does Simon Peter say to him? You're embarrassing yourself, Jesus. You're embarrassing us. Get off your knees. You're not going to wash my feet. What does Jesus say to him? Simon Peter, if you haven't understood my purpose after being with me for three years, we're running out of time, Peter. If you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part in my kingdom. If you don't understand what your purpose is on this earth, you have no part in my kingdom. The Apostle Paul, who wrote these beautiful words in Philippians, he also wrote this about Jesus. He made himself of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. He wanted to serve God's purpose, not his will, but God's will. Not his praise, but God's praise. Not his glory, but God's glory. 
when 30,000 are singing as he enters Jerusalem, having raised Lazarus from the dead the day before. You can almost see his face red with embarrassment. You can almost hear him say to the crowd, Hush up! Hush up! Because for Jesus, the glory should go to God. Pastor Smitke said many great things last week. He said one thing that sticks in my mind. Jesus did everything for God's glory. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to you. No. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to Jesus. No. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your kindness and give glory to who? Give glory to God. For Jesus, it was all about his heavenly Father. For us, it's always about Jesus. I want to raise up Jesus' name. And well, we should, Son of God. But for Jesus, the Son of God, his desire was to raise up his Father's name. I'll be the vessel, dear God. Jesus said, I'll be the vessel of your anger and wrath upon mankind's sin. I'll be the vessel so that your name might be proclaimed and that your name might be glorified. God said through the angel, Gabriel, you'll call his name Jesus. You'll save his people from their sins. When you name your child, it's just a name. You probably want to get a relative in there. It's just a name. But in the Hebrew culture, when you name somebody a name, it was the whole reality of that person's life. Jesus, when he's 12 years of age and his parents are looking for him, he says, don't you know I had to be about my father's business? My name is Jesus. I'll save the people from their sins. Don't you know I must be about my father? He's 12 years of age. And the only ones he's concerned about is God. 12 years of age. Jesus realized that his name meant he would be born in 4 AD, that his name meant he'd be born in Bethlehem, that his name meant he'd have Mary as mother and Joseph as father. Jesus understood that his name meant he'd grow up in Nazareth where there are a lot of poor people. Jesus knew that his name meant that King Herod and, and Caiaphas and Pontius Pilate would be involved in leadership roles. By the time he reached age 30, he understood all of these things. And for Jesus to accept and be satisfied with his name means that he accepted who he was and what he was and where he was in mankind's history. He understood it. I was teaching in Miss Stork's class this past week, kindergarten, I believe. 
and these dear little children. I asked them, what do your, what do your fathers do for work? Uh, truck driver, carpenter, plumber. I'm not sure what he does. <laughs> Policeman, fireman. I said, what do your mamas do? Long list. And then uh, I said, did Jesus have a job to do? And they said, yes, he did. I mean, these are kindergartners, you guys. And I said, what was his job? To die on the cross. Four or five-year-olds, to die on the cross. I said, why did he die on the cross? For our sins. I said, was that the end of the story? No, pastor, he rose from the dead on Easter. And that's all I need to hear from four and five-year-olds to understand how very, very important and blessed our parochial school is. I said, are there other truck drivers or is only your dad driving a truck? No, there are many other truck drivers. Plumbers, doctors, yes, there are many of those. Is there anyone else who had the job of dying on the cross? No, only Jesus. There will be 36 children, young adults, sitting right here this afternoon, 2 o'clock. They have a purpose on this earth. It is not to die on a cross. It is not to be a truck driver, a doctor, a nuclear scientist, or anything else. They have a purpose on this earth. It is not to make a name for themselves. It is to make God's name known. Slam dunk purpose on this earth. Only one. Only one, only one. They ought to look in the mirror and not say to themselves, I'm fat, I'm thin, I'm tall, I'm short. They should not look in the mirror and say, I'm going to go to this high school next year, but I'd rather go to this one. You and I, when we look in the mirror, we have much to discuss with God. I don't like my job. Don't like my status in life. Don't like my situation in life. We discuss lots of things with God. Most of them when we're unhappy. God wishes we would discuss only one thing with him. Whether you're employed or unemployed, whether you're single, married, widowed, divorced, whether you have children, whether you don't have children, whether you're an only child or whether you come with a family of ten, whether you like your job or you do not like your job, whatever your circumstance in life is, God is saying to you, I've placed you where I want you. The name you have is the reality of your life. And the only thing I truly want you focused on is this. How can God's name be glorified through me? Jesus said, I'm going to be the vessel that brings glory to your name. Would that these 36 confirmants and would that two and a half billion Christians on this earth and would that the 800 people that will worship here today 
And word of that to your pastors and your teachers and your choirs. And would it be that all of us would say, God, I just want to be a vessel to bring glory to your name by being the servant of everyone else. My life is not about my glory or my name. My life is about your glory and your name. And to all of that, an amen, which means, may it be so in our lives. In his name, amen. Friends, would you rise as we pray? Heavenly Father, they asked Karl Barth, one of the greatest theologians who has ever lived. A student asked him one day in class, what is the greatest truth you have come to know after all of these decades of study? And Karl Barth said, I can summarize my theology and my life in these few words. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I want only to serve him. Heavenly Father, may that same truth bring joy and peace and contentment and power and salvation into each of our lives on this Palm Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.